Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Convention Confessional. I'm your host, Katie Hunt, and I'm here for the good, the bad, the ugly, um, all those wonderful little chestnuts of stories from conventions past and hopefully coming up soon, uh, present, because conventions are opening back up again. So that's exciting. Um, a little bit at a time, hopefully. You know, some people that have gone to them will reach out and let us know what convention life is like now in the future. <laughs> like a little time capsule of sorts. Uh, but in the meantime, we will talk about the past because Lord knows there's plenty of past between me and my friends. And speaking of, I have yet another one on with me today. Uh, Jim, hi. Hey. Hi, everybody. How are we doing? I'm doing good. Good, good. Uh, yes, Jim and I uh, worked together at Kineticon many, many moons ago. Yeah, um, way, way too many years ago. And uh, for anyone who's asking, I've actually probably worked there, was one of the longest tenured staff members from 2004 to 2016 because I'm that much of a fool. <laughs> fool. I don't, I don't mean that as in a bad way. It's just a lot of work. Yeah, but you know what? Some of those years were good. Like, a lot of those years were good because we made them good. Yeah, no, I think actually... I don't have any regrets on any year. I mean, I'm going to unveil some great stories, uh, personal experiences and things that I would rather bash my head up against the wall. I'm not looking back, but, uh, you know, going forward, like there's never a bad year unless somebody willingly goes to a convention to make a bad year out of it. Right. So. Right. Which some years it felt like some of those people did. But hey, we didn't. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. My goal was to make sure everyone was happy and putting out fires and fires and lots of fires. Fires. <laughs> Oddly enough, there was, there was never a fire. Ryan said you had some uh, stories to uh, share up today. So please, by all means, uh, enlighten us. What are some of these fires? Yeah, so um, like I said, I worked uh, just for... Uh, context i worked kineticon 2004 to like as full staff 2004 to 2012 uh i served in various capacities in the growing pain years of kineticon uh various forms of volunteer operations general con operations unofficial guest relations um you name it i've probably done it back in time when like you know anime consisted of uh you know, Trigun, Cowboy Bebop, and whatever else Adult Swim was able to put on at night. And, you know, you had to uh, wait several months in between DVDs and uh, manga to get updated on something. Right. Um, <clears throat> so my first year was actually the last year at the University of Hartford, 2004. Um, it was interesting because... I've actually never been to a convention at this point. Like I've always been uh, just for like backstory's sake. I've, I'm a huge tabletop gaming nerd. I'm a huge wrestling nerd. I love the sport of hockey uh, to the point where people have joked that I named my sons after uh, the Stanley cup and uh, Alexander Ovechkin or Mogilny, take your pick. Um, I'm way into Warhammer 40 K in a good way, in a good way. Right, right, right. <laughs> And, you know, I've always been into anime, what uh, with uh, Toonami and all that being a very influential part of my life. Uh, mm -hmm. But I've never actually been to a convention. And I mean, I don't I don't consider like I went to a Warhammer 40, like a Games Workshop Games Day where they have all these like demo tables and stuff like that. And that was pretty cool. But that's not a convention. There was no cosplay. There was no fandom. There was just one thing 
mono fun. You went there for a reason, and that was me. Um, so I got roped into this by my friend Joe Calloway, who ran, who up until this year actually ran the uh, Artist Alley for Kineticon, and um, obviously with COVID, that's why he's not doing it this year. He is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't really have a job for me. So my first job, uh, Thursday was set up. My first job Friday was just turn people away from the hallway that led into the dealer's room. Now, if you've ever been to Kineticon, you've seen how massive the dealer's room is. And if you've been there as long as uh, Kitty and I have, you know, it's, it's gone from downstairs to up. It was one hall upstairs, two halls upstairs, took the entire bloody hall upstairs. And before we moved it downstairs and just combined it, like squished this in there and that. But at the university of Hartford, it was like an annex room. And it was a big annex room, but it was like, you know, like one of those like auditorium art room classrooms. Cause it's, yeah, at, yeah. it's at Yuha. So there was one way in, it was a long hallway and um, Joe Calloway managed to convince myself, my friend, Dave Marston and my best friend in the world, John Meikle to just kind of like work there. So the three of us are just kind of standing there and we're, I'm going to be 100%. I'm, I'm digging the cosplay shit. I can swear, right? Yeah. I mean, it's too <laughs> now. can you rain it for a reason? <laughs> just, I just got to make sure. So I'm, di- I'm, I'm, I'm digging like the cosplay shit and this is like 2004 levels. Like this is before like, shit got aces in my book Mm -hmm. and um by the way i'm gonna talk like i'm also from the 40s it's because apparently i should have been born in that time but fair we'll go from there um so uh john meekle is uh 14 years old and we lied about his age to get him to work for the convention uh dave marston is way over his head because like he's a uh he was like a sheltered rich boy from like the uh, central part of connecticut and if you're very familiar with connecticut you're either from the cities or you're from one of them rich towns. And that's where Dave was right, from. Right. So there is no in between. There really isn't like uh, the stereotypes of Connecticut are exist for like a hard reason. And I never grew up in one of those places. Like I also just assume going to Connecticut as a visitor that I can't get anywhere without getting on a highway. Like there's yeah, no such thing as a back road. There are, you're just going to get lost and die like the rest of us. Um, no, nah, I don't think that's true. <laughs> It's a fair point, but tr- uh, trust me, through experience, uh, there are back roads. We just don't well, recommend them. We... I mean, if you say so, Jim. I just, I'm, I'm, just I'm, not, I'm agreeing with you. I just, you know, if you ain't <laughs> a local, don't take it, for the love of God. We'll never see you again. <laughs> Come out of the woods being like, what year is it? <laughs> Basically. Yeah, it's like uh, that story I read where a guy who was off the grid, he came down and he had no idea about COVID. He just came to get some oats. people had to explain to him what was going on and it's just like yeah that tracks yeah that makes sense so anyhow so uh this also um so i made a barter with a a dealer early on because he uh i always wanted like a godzilla figure like i had when i was a kid and he had one from uh the godzilla against mecha godzilla series circa 2002 ish toho productions yada 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 so i purchased that and that was just kind of chilling and then the next thing you know is we put a little fake, we made a fake top hat, put it on there, put a stupid banner on it, wrote Party Monster, stuck a cigarette in his mouth. And that's how uh, Party Monster, the unofficial official mascot of Volunteer Operations, was born. And I was wow. like, oh, well, we made a mistake. So we're <laughs> there from eight in the morning to dealer rooms open when relief is supposed to show up, which is like 
1231 o'clock. So there's no chairs. We steal chairs. We're sitting. We're just this. We're turning people away. Um, first person to real give, really give me attitude. I'm going back and forth with the dude. And like he walks off with a huff. And then uh, chairman, uh, chairman, president, and owner of Kineticon, Matt Daigle, shows up to me. And he goes, yeah, so that's like my roommate and my best friend. <laughs> and I was like staring at him. And I'm like, your orders did not specify otherwise. And he stared back at me. And I'm just kind of like, tell me I'm wrong. You know I'm not. You, you didn't give me a list of like VIPs and stuff like that. And um, this person uh, it was actually a webcomic too. Back when we, you know, those were a thing. And we, uh, I will say this, uh, thanks to the webcomics, there would be no Kineticon, period. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. <clears throat> Um, as the as the hours track on, though, um, we notice a crowd start to form because uh, weebs need their wares. It's something you and I both understand because, you know, dealer's rooms are pretty awesome. You will find something that you did not know you were looking for. Um, right. But uh, they start piling up. And then um, this was the year Peter Mayhew was the big guest. Chewbacca. Oh. Chewbacca. All seven foot 20 of himself. So, yeah, so Peter Mayhew um, was supposed to do a sign-in at some, I don't know, I'm going to be 100% honest, there was like only three rooms that I was in that entire weekend, and I have no idea at the larger convention scale, because of me being trapped in like the con operations area, and (laughs) yeah, so like I had no scale of like, it was like apparently over like several buildings over the University of Hartford, and you could have told me this, and I would have stared at you and be like, yes, that's perfect sense to me. Sure, sure. Absolutely. So anyway, something happened, the room was being used, something went wrong, and Peter Mayhew um, moved his sign into his booth. So we have now a gaggle of Star Wars nerds trying to fight their way to the front. And I'm going to catch so much flack for just bashing my fellow nerds. I love you all. I'm, this is just years of spite. and. Listen, prop- they know what they did. They know what they did. <laughs> they do. And this is just years of spite and why I have gray in my beard at the age of 36. So thank you mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm. You, you aged mm-hmm. me faster than twins did. Bless. Um, so... Peter Mayhew comes by, and I have never, never in my life met another tall, a human being who is taller than him. Right. Like, he, and he shook my hands and he said, Hi, I'm Peter. And I was like, Hey, Jim, me. Don't you love when they introduce themselves? Like, you don't fucking know who <laughs> Peter Mayhew is. You know, the best part is I stared at him for a second, too. Now, Dave was huge into Star Wars. Dave fucking jaw dropped and he shook Dave's hand. And like John was like, who the hell is this guy? Because I'm 14. And I like, you know, these two, quote unquote, adults are unfortunately shaping my life going forward. Don't you look Peter Mayhew in the eye. You sit down. (laughs) I dare you. (laughs) So he shakes all our hands. He goes by. The guest relation handler says, I'll let you know when it's all set. And I said, cool. So the Star Wars fans get to the front of the line. And there's, there's about a dozen of them. And one of them is actually a friend of mine. Like, I, I play D&D with the dude. And, like, 
I've known him forever. We hang out at the uh, at the time the Dragon's Lair in West Hartford, stuff like that. So like so. I'm not going to say his name, but uh, I'm going to say what we uh, colloquially call him, because just in case people are listening. Um, but his name um, r- loosely translates to Boop Poop, because this is... Uh, and um, So Boop Poop, uh, this is from his cousin, by the way. <laughs> um, he, uh, he mistook the thing when I said, uh, when the guest relation handler ran up and he said, 12 on the dot, let him in for Peter Mayhew. And I said, gotcha. So I'm looking at my watch back when watches were a bloody thing. Um, And like this. And so I turned to the crowd. And uh, if you have not had the pleasure of meeting me, I have one volume. It's loud. I always say the military lost out on a great asset and convention life and hockey took that and said, (laughs) just be louder. Um, So I turn to the crowd and I start to address it. And I'm like very like forceful and stern, like, as I was taught, you know, it's like, or not like for like projecting forcefully, not too much stern, but like trying to keep, like make order out of this chaos. And I said, all right, only the people who are here to see Peter Mayhew, we're going to do this, this, and this. And if you are not in this and boot poop turns to the crowd, which is now probably 200 people crammed into a hallway at a, you know, it's like, if your high school was like mine, it was just hundreds of people in a hallway, not meant for hundreds of people. So Boop Poop turns to them all and he said, Come on, guys, let's go. And all I remember is seeing this sea of veritable humanity like coming coming at me. Dave Dave's on my left, John's right behind me. I turn and I slam John into like this alcove door thingy. And uh-huh. I just put my arm across him like he's my child. Like, you know how, like, a parent protects? Right. <laughs> I'm like, because, like, if this kid goes away, John's parents are good. Like, if he gets taken away at the press of seas, like, Winston Zedmore in uh, Ghostbusters 2 going down the river is slime and just screaming. Yeah, right. His parents are going to goddamn murder me. Like, Jack will <laughs> show me the knife he is going to kill me with. And <laughs> I'm holding on to this. I see Dave, like, trying to make himself, like, spider up the wall so he can make himself as small as humanly possible and like it's just this inrush of people and people and people and i'm just like i'm gonna fucking murder boop poop i'm gonna (laughs) kill him with my bare hands and like once we're done I look, I immediately look to John because he's the youngest and you always take care of the youngest. I don't care what anybody says. I look at John. I'm like, you whole. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, what about you? I'm like, fuck me, Dave. And he's like, I'm good. I'm like, how's party monster? (laughs) Cause the Godzilla thing was on like a shelf. Miraculously untouched, miraculously untouched. Hey, you know, small miracles. Fuck. Yeah, it is. So then I'm like, (laughs) he's like, what do we do? And I'm like, we throw everybody out of there now. Oh yeah. And I went in there and I just started like yelling. And I'm like, if you are not here for Chewbacca, please leave. These vendors are not ready for your presence. And he had this and this and this and this. And And, like, they looked at me and I was just like, no. And everyone beat the hell out of there, except for the people there for Chewbacca. Except for the 199 people that were there for Chewbacca, right? Yeah, the dozen, the dozen, not the three hundred that followed. Right. Oh my god. It's funny. You mentioned the uh, shaking hand story. It reminded me. I went to New York Comic Con. uh, I think it was the year before I actually started working at Kineticon. And New York Comic Con obviously is its whole another beast, another another day. 
Um, but when they were there, they were doing that TV show for Stan Lee, like, you know, be a superhero or whatever it was called. I can't remember oh now. Oh my God. It was on the sci-fi channel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you had to go and audition to be a superhero, to be like the next comic book hero for whatever. And Stan Lee was on that. And my friend, for whatever reason, thought she was like, yeah, I'm totally going to go in this costume that has nothing to do with anything and make it up and like pretend it's a superhero costume to try and get on the show. So I was like, okay, well, I want to watch you make an ass of yourself. So let's do this. So we go down and she gets in the audition line, right? And whatever. Like, it's a long enough line. I'm like, we're going to be here the whole day. But like, honestly, there wasn't really anything going on like that first day of New York Comic Con that I cared about. And we were probably about, I don't know, five people from the door. And the door's open. And we're like, well, somebody just went in there, I thought. Like, I wasn't really paying attention. You know, at that point, it's kind of like, whatever. And the door's open and three cameras come out and there's Stan Lee. And I'm staring at him and I was like, it's fucking Stan Lee. And like the whole line's like, you know, like you think we all like bend the knee pretty much. And he's going down the line, like the cute little old man that he is going, hi, I'm Stan Lee. And it's like, are you kidding me right now? I know who you are. Like shaking hands with everybody, thanking them for being there. And then, like I said, it's like, it's just, it's funny because the Peter Mayhew thing just reminded me of that. It's like, like, I don't know who you are. Like, don't look, don't look at me. Like, don't, I, I can't look at you. I'm not worthy to look at you. Like what's happening? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> Totally. It was, it was hilarious. Like I said, like the same moment, you're just like, I can't believe you. Like, it's. It, I think it's just that generation of like, you know, older generation where it's like, oh, I'm going to introduce myself when I like talk to you immediately. And it's just like, but you don't have to. Yeah. Like it, I kind of, I kind of see it as like, this like bad, like, so f- I understand why I completely understand oh, yeah. why. Like these are the paragons of the science, like sadly the science fiction and events that will later shape us. But you know, in the case of Stan Lee, that was our parents' shit. Yeah. Star Trek, our parents' shit. Star Wars, our parents' shit. This was all stuff that was like kind of inadvertently given to us by mm-hmm. our parents because they're like, yeah, they'll like this. Marvel Comics, like, you know, they didn't get the uh, message that Marvel, like, you know, the X-Men were an allegory for LGBTQ plus rights or, you know, that. They thought it was like cool stuff. And oh, look, now we know it's more. And that's awesome. <laughs> You know, right. Star, Star Trek, you know, everyone actually gets along with each other. They don't kill each other over, you know, petty differences. It's uh, everyone kind of is chill. Star Wars is, you know, the monolith of Star Wars. And I'm just going to go on record and say I'm trying to watch The Bad Batch, but that show needs to get better because Dave Filoni failed so far in my book. <laughs> he did great with Clone Wars. Mandalorian starting to drag on me and Bad Batch is not working. Uh, well, Clown Wars, Clone Wars kind of started off slow too. We got to give it a chance. Like uh, that's that's why I'm still watching. Right, right, right. Like I feel like something big's coming. Like I feel there's a build up after the last episode, but no. So like when you meet people like Stan Lee or Peter Mayhew or you know I've had the pleasure of actually like legit one on one time with George Takei and um, I may have peed a little, but that's besides the point. Right. <laughs> I, I you know what I. I, no shame at this point i'm a dad and it was just like it was like total like gut clench and i was just like oh wow you're sulu and he's like i am and i'm like i'm so sorry he's like that's okay that happens <laughs> sorry i reminded you of like who you were duh <laughs> yeah you know the, the the role that you probably were upset about at one point but now you've just kind of fully embraced outside of like you know being one of the most awesome people on the planet you know um so I'm just like, 
I, I get it. I totally get it. And, yeah. you know, you know, there are other people like newer celebrities I've like, I've literally sat down next to and had cigarettes with and I had no fucking clue who they were. They were cast to Kineticon. <laughs> I got, hit, I got, uh, I got hit on by accident by Ethan uh, Phillips. Nice. Nice. At, uh, the Kineticon that uh, him and Robert Ricardo came by because uh, guest relations, uh, um, the people who picked him up were uh, female and, um, he turned around and he handed bags and I walked up to see if they needed any help or anything. This was my first year as vice president. So I was like this and he goes, here you go, sweetie. And he looks at me and he's like, you know, uh, heavy set bearded, uh, long goatee dressed in, you know, my normal attires, jeans and like a t-shirt or some kind of metal thing. And he looks at me, he goes, well, you're not a sweetie. I'm like, I could be if you want. And he started laughing and then gave me another bag. I don't know if that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the most guest that I met at Kineticon was probably the last year. And I think the only reason that I met them was because there was some event that happened after one of the main events. So, like, they were all there for, like, some, I don't remember, like, you know what I mean? Like, they all, like, were together because they were all part of, like, the same show talking about something. But they all caught the end of that Tony Stark roast that we did. Nice. I know. So I come off stage after, like, you know, everyone's like, ooh, roasted Tony, and I just boom roasted everybody at the end of it, because I was like, I will not. Well, I mean, that's what a roast is. Right, it's like, no, 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 I'm gonna show you, I've been sitting here for an hour listening to y'all. And we walked off, and it's like, I feel bad, because to this day, it's like, I don't remember who they were, but they were just like, you, like, we thought Robert was up there for a moment, you, and I was like, oh my god, what? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> who are you people? Totally, totally, totally. Um Jim Cummins's first year coming to Kineticon, I was, I think it was that Avengers year you guys uh, were doing up in main events. Mm-hmm. And um, I introduced uh, Carlos Farrell, who I love like a brother. Um, Michelle Knotts. I hope it was Michelle Knotts and uh, John St. John. This is what happens. Like, and then like, it's just like, Oh, and you know, the voice and I listed off and it was like my personal favorite Don Carnage and he came up and I always remember and like you know I've known Carlos for years I've known Michelle for years I've known John St. John for years really chill legit people and then yeah. here, here comes Jim Cummins the voice of our childhood for anything with the word Disney in it you yeah. know and he comes up and the crowds this this and you know I, I was doing my MC thing because um, again jack of all trade master of none and he shakes my hand and he like leans in for the hug and he tells me, he tells me flat out, he goes, son, you're killing it. Keep it up. And I'm just like, I think I peed a little. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know how to, like, how did, how did how any of you, because, because Winnie the Pooh just told me I'm killing it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just literally like. I'm like that. That fucking happened. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's it. That's all it takes. Like I said, I mean, I've mentioned it several times. Like Greg Finley, he's the voice of the Borg, like the Borg from Star Trek. He has yep. done so many movies, so many voiceovers. Like he was um, Harlock in uh, the original Robotech. Oh, God, right. that's and awesome. he comes to the convention. He watches me host a masquerade, and I went upstairs, and he's just like, "You've got talent, girl." 
He's like, you, you are talented as hell. And I was like, cool. And that is why I'm, I'm as cocky as I am, Jim. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, it's it's absolutely <laughs> like when you have those moments. So like my first year hosted. So part of the vice presidential duties when uh, at Kineticon at the time before the structure changed after Ryan left was you had to host open and closing ceremonies because nobody else wanted to do it. Right. Um, my predecessor did it. I did it. My successor, Ryan, did it. And then um, they had like a wave of people. And then I actually came back. So my first year, I had like no direction, no this, no this. And I died on stage on opening ceremonies. And like it was one of the worst feelings of my life. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're showy. You know how it is. When you die, oh, yeah. you die. And there's no way to recover. And you try to recover. And I know what it was is we went 10 minutes longer than we should have. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> the last year I actually worked Kineticon is they needed an, uh, they needed an MC to do open and closing ceremonies. So I said, well, you, you give me badge, you give me limited staff responsibility, you give badge to my wife. And then yes, I will be there, this, this. And I helped out with a few things because of course everyone needs my bloody help. Um, but yeah, that was all I was like beholden to do for that Kineticon. So it was great. Like Friday afternoon, I left at like two. And then I went and I got a sandwich and I swam in a pool and everybody's like, oh, we're miserable. And I'm like, I'm drunk in a pool, so I don't care. Oh my God, that's perfect life. Yeah. So, um, like, there was an issue with letting people in or some line disaster or whatever. So we fired off opening ceremonies on time, but there was a very limited crowd. So, like, empty house is not a good Well, house. that was usually, like, the fire department wouldn't let anybody upstairs. No, that was... Like, uh, how many oh- times did we... That was something else. I was gonna say, like, how many times, like, all like the masquerades and stuff we did. It was like I remember people had to, like wait out in the parking garage, and they were only letting like twenty people up at a time one time. Because that that actually had to do. So again, being the man, um, that actually had to do with fire code, right? And for some reason, um, it got better once we got the city of Hartford out and we started using the state fire marshals. Mm-hmm. So the city of Hartford really had like orders not to let the place burn but then um our contacts within the convention center replaced them with the city fire marshals and the or the state yep. fire marshals and the state fire marshals were much 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 more lenient the only problem is is that it was like well after you guys left at least right. so I guess. of course so sure yeah, that makes sense i remember <laughs> all of that but yeah no uh. so th- this was an empty house there was like a dozen people three of which i recognized because they were friends and i was just like well, there's like no vibe here, and then like I get like the writer from uh, from uh, Matt, and I'm just like, no guest, no this, no this, no this, no this. I'm like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Just sit up there and dance a jig? Duh. And I'm just like, so like I go up there. We uh, Dan Chaplin and I, no Daniel Chaplin and I. I gotta remember he doesn't like being called Dan and lets me get away with it. Um we do whatever we can to make it work and we make it work short house, this, whatever. I go back up to him and I say, closing, uh, wing it style. You hit my music and I'm just going to do what I do best. And he's like, okay. And, um, unofficially I always came out to uh, shipping up to Boston cause I am a huge dropkick Murphy's nerd. And so, um, there's a, there's video. I have video of it saved on my phone. Um, my wife took it and it's, you know, the dun, 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 
and like the crowd just like gets in it and i'm like i'm up there and i'm just like going along revving the crowd up in this and it's just like i do my thing and like i scared everybody because i jumped off the stage because i just wanted to hear them talk because i'm like i'm i can tell you everything about kineticon because i built the effing the fucking thing but you know what fuck it well i didn't obviously i tried not to swear like that way so like i'm like who wants to tell me their experience? I went over, started talking to random like <laughs> con goers and all that. Cause that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, getting a crowd revved up is harder than it looks. <laughs> oh, very hard. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, keep, I have to keep these people of all different ages engaged somehow. And it's like the stuff that engages the 15 to 20 year olds. Isn't going to be the same thing that engages people. That's our age. Oh yeah. Like, ever. Yeah, no, and then, like like I said, like, you know, you know, I, I fucking swear like a sailor, but, like, when you're on stage, you've got to be cognitive of that. Because while a ton of people will be like, hey, that was funny, that was great, you said a fuck, you know, they'll be that mother to fucking rip your head off, and I don't want to hear her more or less. Yeah, exactly. There's always that one mom, I can't believe you said boob. It's like, okay, I could have said something worse. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Like uh, there was there was a couple things. Um, I remember one year when uh, I was I was un- unfortunately had to dress down a volunteer, and um, I was yelling at them like hard. And one tactic I learned is uh, whenever you have when you unfortunately do have to yell, is you don't point. You use an open hand and you point with the open mm-hmm. hand. It's a military tactic called knife hand. It's supposed to reinforce the point and all that. And the the kid uh the kid said my mom says it's not polite to point and you're being rude and i said i don't give a fuck what your mom fucking thinks and i'm not being rude you're being a fucking moron (laughs) because i i he just this kid like dropped the ball like hard and like i'm like you're done and he's like what and i'm like no i'm fucking done yelling at you get out of my sight i don't want to see you get your shit out of the hotel room you're in you're not volunteering anymore and he's like, he's like looking around and like my staff was like handpicked, like a one alpha prime people that I trusted. And they all looked at him and they're like, you're not going to get sympathy out of us. This man trained us. Yeah, right. It's like Lion King too. They send Kobu off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, we're not, you know, Scar. Yeah. Get me Jim Cummings. Yeah. <laughs> I need I need uh, Don Carnage to like insult this child on the way out. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, the other one that they handy. You're like, wait, hmm, do I have the perfect voice for this? I do. <laughs> Excuse me for a minute. <laughs> One uh, moment. Uh, <laughs> some volunteers. There was another time back when we had a bag check. There was the line was like going up a fuck around the uh the bend if you've ever been to Connecticut on the ground floor there was always a divider in the middle i haven't been in a few years so you can all be like oh jim you're fucking wrong and i'll be like okay cool whatever i haven't been since there it used to be so back when i was there when dinosaurs ruled the earth um right you know there was the uh half divider wall so we had a bag check which wasn't a bad idea and then apparently it turned to shit after i left because nobody knew how to run it um (laughs) Uh, you know the thing is is i was worried about catching heat about this and i just honestly don't care (laughs) 
Right. Because like it's like, what are you gonna do? Make me not go to your convention? I already don't. <laughs> I already, I already don't no, no. voluntarily. No, no, he'll confront you at some point and awkwardly ask you about your opinion on things while you're trying to do something else. Yeah, but that's nah, that's another nah. podcast for another time. Yeah, <laughs> nah. I, full disclosure, I ignore him like hard. I know he's never gonna listen to this, so. Nah. Um. So yeah. Um. So like, I'm with one of my uh one of my friends and like. Uh, uh, he was working GR and we're like, what the fuck's the problem here? We go over and one of my staff members like, oh, I was legit about to radio you. Why? And he not like he tosses his head and there's like two, two volunteers and one of them's wrapped up in uh, blue painters tape. Mm -hmm. So like I slide under the table, go up and I go, Hey you like, as I'm walking, I like, you know, signal for him to walk. I'm fucking making the gesture. Like people can see what I'm doing. (laughs) Uh, so I signal for the kid to come over here and like, he like waddles over cause he's wrapped head to toe in fucking gaffers tape. And he looks at me, I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? He's like, I'm a mummy. I go, no, you're a moron. There's a difference. And I ripped, <laughs> no, no. I take the backpack out of his hands, give it to my friend. I ripped the fucking uh, gaffers tape off. And I said, go find Jared and Jared, tell Jared, I said, you're done. And then Jared's going to wish you a night and tell Jared to wish you a nice day. And so the kid's like staring at me and I'm like, I didn't stutter fucking move. So the kid goes, and like we square away bag check. So I go over to volunteer ops later and I look and I see Jared Ashmore and I say, Hey Jared, does kid ever uh, report in? He goes, yeah. He's like, I thought George yelled at him for a second until I had him describe you, uh, describe the person. He said he has a long, uh, a long goatee. And I was like, Oh, that's the vice president. So if he said that to you, yeah, you're probably doing something bad. <laughs> uh but, yeah, nope, that, that's it. That'll do it. <laughs> but I'll um I'll always remember the bad ones, but man, I I will never, never forget all my good volunteers. From I wanna say two thousand six to two thousand nine, a core of the Kineticon at convention staff was at one point a volunteer and they were mm-hmm. damn dedicated to their jobs and when I found them a home to help out at registration, gaming, upstairs with you guys and main events, mm-hmm. anywhere, it was just great because people, like, I knew, like, there were people I could trust that watched things. Yeah. Like I said, the volunteers that we always got upstairs, like, just to help out in main events, like, they were awesome. They were like, what can I do now? Like, what do you need? Like, you never saw one slacking or, like, picking their nose or anything. It was awesome. Well, I would also try to tailor it too. So like I would actually talk to uh, Halden before um, like, I'm like, what do you need? Like, what are you looking for in this? And I would actually kind of quiz him on Thursdays. So one thing I really disagreed with is how Kineticon went away from like setup days on Thursdays mm-hmm. and just kind of banished everybody to the land of wind and dust. Uh, and then they mm-hmm. got rid of the volunteer program. And now they're like, hey, I don't know where, where all our staff went. And I'm like, Hey, look at that you got rid of your you got rid of your talent pool and now you're wondering why mm-hmm. um and the skies above us and the grounds beneath us but so like i would say i was like hold in three categories main pick and then like i would quiz these kids throughout the day and then like jared john myself bubba we would figure out like where best to deploy these people so like we had like a mother-daughter combo and like they would work uh they wanted to work registration in the morning so they can go to all the panels at night 
but if there was like certain panels, they would let me know they'd do registration to X and Y and then go back after the panel. And I was absolutely for it because like they would work. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and it's one of those things where it was like, you get dedicated people. And it's like, I had people who I've offered like staff positions to. And, you know, they disappear. And it'd mm -hmm. be like, oh, great. You were fucking useless in the end. But then I had other people, like, I wouldn't offer, like, I would only offer a few staff positions a year for ACON at the next year. But then I would have people who were just like, nah, I'm happy being a volunteer. And, like, I had one dude, he would come in and he would just do screenings. I would just hand him mm -hmm. off to Dave Anderson and, like, Dave, this is so-and-so, put him to work, let me know his hours. And Dave's like, okay. Or, you know... Um, people who helped out uh, Rim and uh, fuck, what was Rim's partner in crime's name? Oh, um, Remy. Rim and Remy. Yeah, right? yeah, Rim, and I would send them there. Like, I it was it was beautiful. Like, I had I had like my response team in case I had any issues with like you know we, unfortunately we both know uh, conventions are, while we try to make them the safest place for everybody because fandom is for everyone. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. people do ruin that. So you have to come up with response teams to deal with said situations. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so like best people I've ever worked with, hands down. Oh, yeah. So. I love the volunteers. I think, like, honestly, like I said, like, we wouldn't have conventions without them. Like, it's great if you volunteer at your convention. I highly recommend doing it because if you're not ready for staff, and you don't want, like, all the responsibility, and you just want to get, like, a taste of, like, what it's like to kind of work a convention, volunteer at your convention. See if you like it. If you feel like it's something that you want to do and you want to be, like, more responsible for, then, like, try and sign up for staff, you know? Yeah, and I, I always say, so, um, little self grandization I'm a member of my local Elks Lodge, and the reason why I joined was uh, because beers were $2.50 for, like, German beer. And I'm, kind mm -hmm, of a, mm -hmm. I'm kind of a beer snob. And then I got into uh, like what the Elks are actually about and it's volunteerism and like charity. And I love it. And it reminds uh, probably the reason why I love it is it reminds me, it reminds me a lot of the con life. And mm -hmm. like, I always, always said, like we always said, we always tell our members at the lodge. We're like, Bef uh, before you complain, ask what you can do for the lodge, you know, volunteer nice. first. And I think the reason why I dig that is that's basically what I did when I was at Kineticon was I was just like, guys, volunteer, do this. Like we got, we used to do, um, Friday lines used to suck. Saturday lines used to suck in an effort to get recruitment numbers up because, um, yeah, you just needed bodies to do certain things. I would offer line skipping. You would have to do a two hour shift you would get a volunteer, you would pay $5 and get a volunteer t-shirt and uh, you would get your five bucks back and you'd have to give the t-shirt back. And then we just like burn. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you would skip the line cause I stole like the, all the red, Oh, this is before it was all digital. So I took like a bunch of registration stuff. So mm -hmm. we were able to print badges and take registration info. And then we would just bring it over to registration at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you can't do that. I'm like, I did stop me. It's too late. It already happened. Yeah, basically. My my whole life is it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is permission. And convention life taught me that in spades. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. um, so, but like, we got a ton of volunteers who were like, 
they're like, do you need me for anything else? I'm like, you're free to go, but if you want to keep working, I got stuff. He's like, well, what benefits do I get if I keep working? I'm like, well, if you work over this hours, you get your five bucks back for the shirt and you get to keep the shirt. He's like, okay. And it's like, if you work this amount, you get this. And he's like, all right, that's pretty cool. I'm like, if you get this, you get free admission to uh, next year. And he's like, that's it. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, dude, you're a 24 hour con. I'm like, yeah. He's like, fuck, sign me up. And I was like, word. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. it, it was a lot of, um, a lot of like trial and error and, you know, um, I go by a mantra of lead follower, get the fuck out of my way. But uh, also <laughs> when in doubt, fuck it. It always, what's the worst that can happen? I feel like that's the model for any con. Yeah. I mean, if, if I mean, you've worked AAC, AAC and other conventions. I just did Kineticon. I've assisted um, other conventions. Um, I had one convention that failed and the guy looked at me and he was asked um one we my friends were there doing a huge uh sailor moon cosplay group from sailor moon uh, uh what is it the third season yes yes s with uh when uranus and neptune and uh, pluto show up mm-hmm. uh, saturn is sort of the villain and then she's not and mm-hmm. everything's so they they did a whole cosplay group of that and um i didn't i wasn't comfortable fully cosplaying to be mm-hmm. us but i put on a thing i wore to a wedding that year for um a halloween themed wedding so i was like hey look i'm dressed up too guys and you know big body providing security for a bunch of uh, female friends because you know mm-hmm. um so yeah like the guy running the con like he was like crying to me like because like the con was failing you could very obviously tell it was failing it's sad and it's really sad when it happens because a lot of people think they can and I'm just going to put this out there. If you want to do a convention, for the love of God, please, please sit down with people who have and listen to them. Listen, crunch numbers and don't think you're going to put an event on within six months to a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seriously, rationally think this out because you could screw yourself so badly financially. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. Or or Patrick D's advice. Um, if you're thinking about starting a convention, don't. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's one. a solid advice the man's ever given. It's like, hey, you know, like, yeah, it's not for everybody. Like, not everybody's a hero. Like, not all convention. I mean, like, all conventions started off kind of like, oh shit, is this gonna happen? And like, a lot have succeeded, and there have been a lot that have absolutely not succeeded. No, and like, I'm looking. <laughs> So finishing this one and then I'll go uh, like a looking back kind of thing. So um, this dude's like crying to me and like, I, I, I truly feel bad for him because like, I was like, did you take out like event insurance? He's like, no. He's like, that seems stupid. And I just stared at him like, like what? <laughs> and then he's like, well, I learned from all of Kineticon's mistakes and I stared him, de- I stared him dead in the eye. And I said, well, first of all, if you're soliciting my help, don't, don't, ever say that to me again i'm like Mm -hmm. second of all you obviously did not learn from all of our mistakes because we continue (laughs) to learn from our mistakes because that's why we're still a thing right you never learn from your mistake you never fully learn from your mistakes you only learn how to put a band-aid on it and hope to god no one notices the ship sinking um right so yeah but looking back 
2003, wild year for conventions, right? Anime yeah. Boston, Anime Next, Kineticon, um, AAC, Colossal Con, uh, you know, Dragon Con, Otacon were giants beforehand. I'm trying to remember. But I mean, you remember, it was just like, you couldn't, you couldn't go on a forum or like, uh, check out like, a what was it? It was Anime Insider, Wizard, uh, Wizard actually used to, Wiz, Wizards of the Coast Magazine used to post uh, stuff. This is how old I am. Fuck, I'm naming publications that don't exist anymore. <laughs> None of these exist anymore, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, Mag- magazines, why is she talking about fucking dinosaur? <laughs> why are we talking about stuff in print? <laughs> yeah. So in the eons before, you didn't trust you didn't trust the internet until it was in print. Now you right. don't trust the print because the internet. Um, right. But yeah, like you you remember you would like troll forums and stuff like oh, that, yeah. and it'd be like, oh, and there was a new one every other week. Uh, I remember um, Matt would go for like you wouldn't see him for several weeks because he was traveling to conventions hyping up Kineticon, like. I went to Anime Next because it was a two-hour drive from there. I went to Anime Boston a couple times because it's a two-hour drive from my house. You know, I went to several things. I went to Terrificon back when it was in the other side of the state. Now it's on the other at the casinos. And I'm just like, this, this. And, you know, truly it was one of, I would have to say, like, he had so many conventions. And then by 2005, it was Anime Next, AAC, Otacon, Kineticon, Anime Boston, I'm probably missing like seven, so people are gonna throw shit at me. But like regionally, um, Big Apple uh, Comic Book Festival before it became Comic Con. Um, yeah. Fuck, that's how old I am. Uh, there was also the Viz for reference, Big Apple Comic Con uh, Comic Festival, Viz Media Festival because it used to be headquartered in New York, and there was one more. There was one more. They were all around the same time, and then uh, they all got bought by Comic Con, and then boom comic-con yeah, now they're, and now they're all one big happy family hey i hate read pop hey go to hell read pop media that i will yeah. say that will, because i'm never going to work for one of these things ever again i will say this um the conglomerate conventions yes they're fun yes they have everything you want to see they fucking ruin conventions period yeah. period your anime boston's kineticons uh is anime next still a thing or they finally go uh anime next as far as i know is still a thing Good for them. I always liked AN. They were fun. I'm pretty sure they're still a thing, yeah. They were fun. They have the second most shenanigans stories outside of Kinaticon for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, so like, th- those are, unless they were all bought out, those those three conventions for me, the two hours from my house conventions and the 20 minutes from my house convention, um, those conventions for me are all f- technically like owned by regular people uh, for the most part you get these big cons and it's like, it forces them to adapt. And it's just like, Oh my God, no, like I don't, you watch these cons have to blow their budgets because they need to have the parade of guests. And it's just like, I remember what I really loved about Kineticon is uh, web comics. And I got to know a lot of web comic artists and I still talk to them like personally, like uh, Mookie um, from, you know, now the relaunch of Dominic Deegan star power and, the original Dominic Deacon Oracle for Hire. Love you, Moki. Uh, Tim Buckley from Control Alt Elite. That's still going strong. Um, I met probably one of my best friends in the world, Jay, uh, Jamal J. Joseph. Uh, he wrote for Chugworth. I'm probably going to catch shit for actually knowing what Chugworth is. <laughs> 
you know, questionable content, Dr. McNinja, um, Cyanide and Happiness, Apple Geeks, the VG Cats, the fucking list goes on forever. And like, that was like Kineticon shtick is we had all these webcomic artists and everybody like loved it. And then, you know, the internet changed in 2009 and it went to a bridge series and then webcomics fell away because these dudes like went and got new jobs and like it was sad because it's like or like in the case definitely like in the case of like Mookie or Garth like you know they're they ended their stories then thankfully they worked together for several years and uh I'm gonna be honest I sadly haven't been keeping up with uh Garth but uh I know Mookie's doing like the pro uh the epilogue to dominic deegan which i've been enjoying um but yeah like you know you had that and we had we had more time to like it's like oh like you know quality guests guests who cared about the fans guests who weren't there to be like at a table from fucking 12 to 2 signing autographs charging 50 bucks a head again i'm a dinosaur <laughs> i'm a dinosaur <laughs> I, I i don't give a fuck I, I know i know what it is my my time has passed and i realize no. i realize my time has passed and i no longer do conventions no i have uh i have my i have no, my dad that's not true there may no. be a day again you have kids now you there may be a day again where you not necessarily work for one but you will probably take your kids to one at some point oh that's on the bucket list they're gonna hate me they're gonna yeah. be like i'm gonna go around and be like daddy used to do this and they're gonna be like well i'm gonna be a straight a student <laughs> you disappoint me child you disappoint me <laughs> no no I, I, no I, I i always jokingly say uh the twins look like me so i always say to my wife i'm like i hope they got your brains because <laughs> <laughs> it was smooth sailing until algebra happened and then everything went downhill from there yeah i think we can all pretty much say that yeah, yeah. <laughs> well jim thank you so much for coming on this has been delightful i love talking to you i've missed you yeah, I missed you. Uh, I missed you too. And uh, is there anything you'd like to promote while you're here? Elks lodges may seem like uh, old people and stuff, but they do uh, do take donations for charity. So if you have an Elks lodge in your town and you're looking to just donate something for charity, there's usually one. Um, they'll gladly say, "Hey, you know, you go in and say, hey, I want to just donate money.' Go to your local Elks lodge, and we'll find a reason, uh, a good reason, not a bad reason, to uh, <laughs> put your money to good work um, and Elks Lodges are always looking for volunteers to help with other charitable organizations. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, Jim. Uh, we'll definitely have you back at some point, I'm sure, because I don't feel like the stories are all done. Oh, yeah. And uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in this week, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Have a good one, everyone.